Good morning, good afternoon. How you doing out there today? This is David Robert for the Adult Fitness Podcast. It is January the 24th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. And I just want to thank you for uh, joining up, checking us out, spending some time with us as we are just barreling through the month of January. Uh, but before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us the Adult Fitness Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We're talking Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, you name it. We are there. Every and anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us there. We also have our inaugural, finally, episode of the Strange Tales uh, podcast. We're going to have an episode, I believe, either tonight or tomorrow premiering, so look for that. It's either going to be on this, on Spotify, or or Podbean, so one of the two, but look for that. And our first episode is going to be the Sasquatch. I've always been a big fan of the Sasquatch. I was called Bigfoot as a kid because I'm a tall person, and I wasn't that hairy, but still. Um, but anyways, yeah, check us out. And then we also have our Arts and Culture podcast, the Marketplace of Ideas podcast, where we delve into all things art pop culture, the zeitgeist, you name it, we get into it. So check it out. We have a lot of good stuff coming. And yeah, so today we're going to be chatting about the new year, new you phenomenon, getting in shape, finally taking action. A little bit of backstory here. The fitness industry that I have been a part of for the better part of a decade plus, working at various gyms within the city and training people and what have you, has been uh, wrought with a lot of change over the last, let's say, four years. I still recall the New Year's celebration, the countdown on January, January 1st, December 31st of 2019. We didn't have a clue of the hell that was going to be coming in that year and because of that the fitness industry went through a tumultuous period of just horrific change it was crazy to see gyms shut down because of covid people were canceling their memberships left and right i remember i was working at the front desk at one of the the gyms here in the city and it was nuts you know people would call in right around the time this virus was starting to come upon the Canadian shores and before you knew it people were uh, people were canceling just in, on, in droves if I recall correctly at the height of the amount of memberships my gym had that I was a part of anyways they had roughly close to 5,000 members uh, actively paying members and excuse me when when I came back after we had our first sort of circuit break from the pandemic to try and see if they could bend the curve, if we all remember that. It was um, down to 2,000 members. They had lost more than half in the course of three months. And most gyms just can't handle that sort of loss, that sort of, that sort of financial hit to their bottom line. And they ended up, a lot of gyms ended up folding. I know in particular three gyms personally that just shut down and haven't come back. Now, I do know one that I just recently drove by this morning and I saw that, oh, wow, 
They've started up again, but it's not as big of a space as it was before. This gentleman, he was a personal trainer in my area, my neck of the woods, and he had a space right by a hair salon and a daycare center that was pretty expensive. And as I see, when I was driving past the grocery store today, I saw that he had set up another space in our town, but this is a little bit smaller and probably he's doing one-on-one training and everything else. So, but yeah, the industry went through a crazy hit. Um, everybody tried to go online. A lot of places tried the Peloton thing, which helped out for a little bit for some people, but most fitness facilities and people who are part of the fitness industry or their fitness journey, if you would, are really about the connection. They're about coming together. They're about people feeling like they can engage with one another and not just work out on YouTube or in their home or on an app. And don't get me wrong, apps are great. They work wonderfully for a certain demographic of the population that maybe may not want to be around people or may not want to, um, you know, they may feel a little bit apprehensive about their weight and about how they look and they want to you know, work on the privacy of their home, or they may not have a lot of time to get to the gym. And so working out from home may be the only option. Because once you come home from work, if you got kids or a family, it's kind of difficult to tell the wife or the kids or your husband or your, you know, your partner, hey, I know you haven't seen me all day, but I'm also going out after we have supper and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to hit the gym or I'm, you know, I'm leaving for another two and a half hours. So most people will hit the gym after work on the way home. And then once you drop your bags and you have dinner, you're usually not leaving again until you got to go to work the next morning or other such commitments. So yeah, we're going to be chatting about that in particular and looking into why this phenomenon is so prevalent within, um, just within the West and all, all throughout the world as well, uh, but definitely within the West. So As I mentioned before, the gym that I was at went through a really tumultuous period and I wanted to touch on some of the things I learned from that and how some of the things that I've seen as people have gone through their fitness journeys and the highs and lows of that from starting in the new year and starting with all this hope and desire and this fire and it just gets sort of, you know, water gets doused on it when reality sets in. So I think the first thing I want to touch on was what I would see when people would come into the gym on January 1st or that first month of of the year from usually the, you know, the last week in December as people were buying gifts, memberships for their family or their loved ones to roughly about the third week in January. So we would have roughly four to three weeks of really high intense people signing up right like i said new new year new you and the last winter that i was at the gym that i'm no longer at we i remember i personally signed up close to 150 people that was the winter right um right before the pandemic so like i said 2019 2020 in january was really big year because Like I said, the pandemic didn't hit until about the middle of March. Now, we were hearing rumblings of it, but nobody really paid that much attention to it. And they thought, ah, this is going to be like SARS. This is going to be like the swine flu, the bird flu, like 
pe some people are going to get sick, but it's mainly going to affect the elderly and the, the respiratorily challenged and people with asthma and stuff like that. And boy, were we wrong. Right? Boy, were we ever mistaken. Um, and so, you know, you don't have to... Unless you were living under a rock, you know what happened. And it was, it was pretty crazy. But I always like to tell people that what I saw with COVID and the drop-off of people not showing up after the end of January was no different from any other year. Because what normally would happen is people would get all riled up and you have, at the end of the year, you're looking at all of the, the things that you didn't do. All of the promises you didn't keep, all of the things that you wanted to, uh, to take to task and you just didn't have the time or the energy or the motivation or the proper strategy to take, take it on. You maybe fell short of your goals when it came to losing weight, training for that marathon, um, hitting a new PR on your deadlift. Perhaps you just, honestly, you just didn't have the right motivation. You didn't have a training partner. Whatever the case was, at the end of the year, people start to reflect and they start to look at what they, they did and they accomplished and they failed at. And if you didn't lose a lot of weight or didn't quit smoking or didn't stop gambling or things didn't go right with the missus or your kids still hate you or whatever else, you try to say, you know what, I'm going to do better next time. And the problem that I saw with a lot of people coming in was that they didn't really have much of a plan. You see, it's all good and well to sign up for the membership, as I like to call it, it's hope on a string. As people pile in and slap down their plastic or pay cash and they, they get the gym bag and they get a free t-shirt as they would give away at the gym I was at. And then they'd hit up Popeyes or Supplement Kings and get all their supplements and their shakers and their pre-workouts and their whey protein and all that stuff. And they might even get a new, a new good looking gym fit, you know, a nice gym outfit where they're able to hit the, hit the squat rack looking, looking good. You know, it's, it, all of that pertains to the gym culture. You know, packing your gym bag before you before you go to bed, so you have it in your in your car when you're off to work. I knew some people that were so committed they would work out before work and after. And excuse me, in one of the gyms I was a part of, they uh, there was a sh there was showers and like a pool and everything else. And so if you worked out in the mornings, you could definitely shower before you go to work. And then after work, you, um, you hit the gym again, and then you, you shower at home. So I knew some people who would have their workouts two times a day, five days a week, and they take the weekends off with their families. And that, that was their routine. That was their schedule. And it was really close by to the downtown area where I worked. So uh, for one of the gyms I was a part of. So it was really, really cool to see that. But the problem is when you don't have a proper strategy, a proper schedule, and a proper attitude of what you're going to be doing on a daily basis, you could have a problem. And, and we as human beings, we're creatures of habit, we're creatures of scheduling, and we're creatures of patterns. And so if your schedule, routine, and pattern is right after work, you go straight to the gym. You're not even thinking about it. It's not even, it's a non-negotiable. You just get your gym stuff and you're in there. And regardless of what you're in the mood to do, whether it's on the bike, whether it's hitting the weights, whether it's swimming, you're doing something to get your body moving. But if you don't have that plan, then you kind of falter because life takes over. You get home, you're busy with making dinner. If you have children, you're busy 
checking, you know, making sure they're good with homework or making sure they've got food and then you're making lunch for the next day. You try to catch up on maybe bills or whatever else. And what happens is you have these big blocks of commitments, I'll call them. And the sand in a jar, if you would, is like the things that we we do that fit around those things. So the big blocks are like work and sleep and family. And if fitness isn't part of that big block, what's going to happen is it'll turn to the sand portion of what you're trying to fill up with this, this, this jar. So you will fit so much stuff in and there won't be much room for the other stuff. It could be reading, it could be friends, it could be connecting with family or reading your Bible or your Torah or your Quran or whatever. And let, you know, unbeknownst to you, because sometimes we don't even notice, you might miss one day and you're like, ah, it's no big deal. But then you forget to work out the next day. And before you know it, you've gone a week or a month or two months and at that point it's February, it's the end of March, you haven't even been to the gym three times since you signed up. I knew people who literally had signed up to the gym and they would show up the next year wanting to cancel, but having only shown up maybe twice. So that membership keeps taking money out of your account, uh, kind of like um, friends where Chandler wants to quit the gym and they don't realize it because one of the things that was so nefarious about the gym I was a part of was I like to call and I like to say that it was fitness dirty and cheap. Basically, what would happen is it was like Netflix. People would come in, they'd pay for 24-hour access, access to the tanning beds, the uh, the massage chairs, the um, free membership or free day to work out on a Tuesday of the first Tuesday of every month. And before the pandemic, they used to have pizza on the last Friday of every month or something like that. It was ridiculous. Like we'd literally have pizza there at the gym, but people would uh, come in wanting to cancel their memberships because they haven't they just didn't make the time they didn't actually physically come to the gym and like I always like to tell people if you're not physically doing the thing you could say I'm a drummer I'm a guitar player I'm a pianist I'm a novelist I'm a runner I'm a boxer but if you're not actually engaging with the practice of what that thing is you can't really call yourself that thing. You can say I'm a fan of it, but I'm not doing it. I can talk all I want and say, oh, I love triathlons and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you haven't run a triathlon. <laughs> you know, excuse me. You don't have the, the shoes and you're not doing the training. So you're not one of those things. And that's what was happening. That's what was taking place. There were people that wanted to and had the best intentions of taking care of their health, but they just didn't make the, the time and the place and the scheduling. So one of my biggest challenges, and a lot of people's out there is, is just doing that and not finding necessarily finding the time, but finding the right time, meaning the mornings or the evenings, what's more conducive to you. So for me, it's the mornings because from four in the morning till seven, I have no one bothering me. I have no nobody asking me for anything. I have no commitments to do anything. It's just that's like the free zone. And then usually for me, it's like from 8 p.m. to 
to nine. Now, starting this year, um, we've got a few people lined up to train and to coach in the evening, so that'll be fun uh, for myself. But as of right now, I you know I watch the kids in the daytime while the wife's at work, and so the mornings are the best time because there's less commitments and stuff. But for other people, it might be the afternoons or it might be lunch. You might have a job that gives you maybe an hour and a half for lunch. Uh, or, you know, you may control when you can take your lunch. And when I worked at one gym, there was a an engineering uh, company just around, you know, just about like four, four buildings down. And we would get a lot of their clientele and they'd come in on their lunch break and they'd get like an hour and a half. And that was more than enough time to come in, get a good workout in, and then you're good. And so if you didn't have time in the mornings because you were so busy getting your kids ready or getting yourself ready and then coming home, you just didn't have enough time because of work. Hey, that, that morning, that evening spot hit really well. And it was sort of like that, that space where you didn't have any real commitments because you'd booked that time off. So, okay, this is my lunch break. I could eat it. I could eat at my desk, you know? And like I said, I knew a lot of people who, who were even, it's crazy. I knew some people who were even extra committed where they would come work out in the morning. They would do a workout at lunch and then I'd see them in the evening. So sometimes three days a week, three, four days a week, I'd see them coming to the gym at least two to three times a day. And and not all the time for weightlifting, like maybe the morning was cardio, lunch was weights, and then, you know, after work was maybe like basketball or something. But those were the those were the hardcore, hardcore types, you know. And they were doing spin classes and then biking or running home. It was just insane. But Scheduling is really important. So if you can get yourself a, a timer, um, book off the time. I'm, I'm a, I mean, for myself, I have a nice little gym set up in the basement. It's nothing crazy, but my commute to my gym is all of, you know, maybe a minute to walk down the stairs. And and then yeah, you get in there. Oh, excuse me, sir. Yeah, you get going right. So that's the first thing. The second I wanted to touch on was the lack of awareness of how much work is actually going to take. Now, this is something that I recently discovered in doing what I like to call fat math, as it were, or fit math, as my wife likes to say, because you can't say fat anymore, you know? Unless it's P-H-A-T. There you go. Like the kids say. Since the 90s, I guess, they don't say that anymore. But whatever. Uh, the bottom line is, the amount of work that it actually takes to get your body into any type of presumable shape other than round is going to take some time. And what I mean by that is, for myself, I'm a very tall and big guy, and so I've been able to carry the weight very well. And, you know, either strength training or coaching people, you're not the one working it out. But rather than be a hypocrite and be one of those, you know, big fat phonies, uh, you got to dial it in. And so for myself, I had to come to the, the realization that to get to where the, the, the shape that I want to get into, it's going to take a lot more work than I initially wanted to admit. And so I'll give you a little backstory of that. When I was 19, 17, 19, 18 there, there was no problem for me to play basketball, run from the, bas run from the basketball court to the weight room, lift for a good hour and a half, come back, play some more, and then maybe bike home. Like, you're just a machine when you're a kid. You can just, you're eating garbage, you're going to bed late, you're waking up refreshed. Like, it's just, like, youth is wasted on the young. Holy crap. I mean, now, I'm looking at the stuff I used to do, 
I'd break in half, right? If I was doing half of that stuff. Like it's just it's not it's not happening. But the point is when you're younger, you can damn near move mountains almost. And the problem with that is we never as men in particular, I don't know how women work with this, but as men, as you get older, you still identify with your prime. You still identify with the height of your masculinity or your virility or your act, level of activity. And we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves and say, oh, I used to run track in high school. That has nothing to do with the fact if you're 45 and up, that was 20 plus years ago. Any benefits you would gain from that have long since depleted with the chicken wings and the golf that you've been, you've been supplementing your fitness with. So the reality is that to get your fat ass, pardon my language, um, you know, your fat derriere, as I like to call it, um, moving, it's going to take a lot more work. It's going to take a lot more effort, which means you might have to forego certain treats, certain snacks. You might not be able to um, drink as much booze as you're used to. You might have to give it up altogether depending on what sort of family backgrounds of illnesses you have. You know, you might be looking at cutting sugar out, cutting the fat out. I've given up meat um, off and on, and this year in particular, I've stated I'm, I'm giving it up altogether for just this year. I've had to cut back on the sugar, drastically reduce the salt intake, because what had happened over COVID, in particular myself and others, we fell into a lot of comfort eating. The world was a very scary, frightening place, more so than years prior because we had a virus that we just did not know what it was going to do. Social unrest, racial reckoning, you name it, financial turmoil, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. And so what do we do? We turn to the food. We turn to the munchies. And man, I tell you, that COVID-19 turned into COVID-45, which turned into COVID-70 for some people. And so as an older dude, you know, in my 40s now, you know, I like to say distinguished, you've got to, uh, you can't, you can't just eat the chicken wings anymore and hit the gym. You don't have the ability to not warm up and think you could just start squatting. You will break something. And if it breaks when you're older, it's a lot harder to get it back. So you're going to have to probably put more time in, i.e. time into warming up. So whereas maybe before you'd warm up for 15 minutes, that might be a good half an hour now. Whereas you could eat anything you wanted past 6 p.m., no caffeine, no carbs, past 6. So you're eating salads and everything else. Maybe you're replacing your meat which I had to do. You're replacing or just really downgrading your sugar, finding another type of sweetener. I did with honey. Um, there's agave syrup for those who are diabetic out there. I'm not a nutritionalist, but if that's your thing, um, go nuts. There's also your sleep, which is something that if you have kids or uh, a job where you work weird hours, that can be a challenge. And I know once my two kids started sleeping, there was still the habit of staying up late because they would wake up two or three times a night. 
and it was just impossible to get a good night's sleep. And so to retrain your brain to think, okay, you can, you can sleep for a full eight hours as well and get up rested is a big thing. And so, yeah, those days of running and gunning, as it were, without any thought or care to your joints, whew, that's another one. Taking care of the joints. I'm not talking about Cheech and Chong. I'm talking about, you know, your knees, your limbs, your back. Everything is just, you, you just need more time to do what didn't take a lot of time before. And that's hard for a lot of people to hear because we want the, the results right now. And that leads me into my third point, which I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen right away. If you've had health issues, if you've had accumulated fat, if you've had, um, you know, just, just a, a sedentary lifestyle over the course of, sorry about that, but yes, you're not going to be able to change right away, as I was saying before. You are, um, you're, you're in for the grind. It's going to take some time. One of the horrible aspects and benefits or down, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you could say horrible repercussions of social media is the feeling that something should happen instantly. So you're watching somebody online and you see uh, their, their accomplishments. I, I'm a big fan of a lot of art YouTube channels. I follow a lot of them. My, uh, my partner is a really good artist. She's, she doesn't get a lot of time to, to do that, but she's definitely a, a really good uh, painter and, and artist. And works great with all sorts of different mediums. And so I follow a lot of painters and artists and look at what they do and and try to mimic it in my own spare time it doesn't look that great but it's a good stressor stress reliever when you're just painting and you don't even care what it looks like or you know I play the drums and rocking out on the congas or what have you and you're not going to be Lisa E you know or you're not going to be um what's another really good artist out there uh, you're not going to be Hendrix you're not going to you're not going to be Billy Joel. You're not going to be Elton John after one piano lesson. You're not going to be Travis Barker from uh, Blink-182 after you've just gotten your drum kit. It's going to take years of practice. And I mean practice. Not like Alan Iverson practice, but we're talking practice, practice. And just, just showing up. One of the best stories I ever heard about just showing up came from... The actor who played, um, let me see if I can get his name here. I had it. Um, he was on the the father on Modern Family. Uh, let me see. The actor who played Jay Pritchett, Ed O'Neill. So Ed O'Neill is an actor. He is wow. He's seventy-seven. Holy smokes. So um, he's seventy-seven. And he, he has been acting for quite some time, right? He's been, he's been at it for, I mean, for years. He was on, let me just see if I can get all the shows he's been on. 
He was he was Al Bundy on the Fox sitcom Married with Children, which he was nominated for two Golden Globes, and Jay Pritchett on the award-winning ABC sitcom Modern Family, which he was nominated for three Primetime Emmy Awards and won four Screen Actors Guilds Awards. So if you ever get a chance to watch the show, it's an amazing... The writing is just so damn good. It's amazing. And it didn't drop off. That's one of the things. It, it went for, I believe, ten seasons. And in in that, it, it was like, damn. It still kept getting better and better. But the thing about um, Ed O'Neill is that he was an undrafted free agent by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1969. And he also is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, you look at him and think, oh, get out of here. But he says that he considers getting his black belt the greatest achievement of his life apart from his children. And the reason he said that is that after being introduced to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu by his friend, writer, and director, John uh, Millis, O'Neill has trained for 22 years under the mentoring of Ron Gracie. All right, sorry about that. We're back. My daughter came in to let me know what was going on. What was up? One of her TV shows almost ended. There was a panic. But nonetheless, back to Ed O'Neill. The man said that uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was one of the greatest achievements of his life. Now, if anybody knows about mixed martial arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's a very um, difficult path to chart. There's an old proverb that says, Be weary of the man with gray hair within a sport that numerous people flee from. And practicing this form of self-defense, defense, um, fighting, sparring, it takes years to master. And the main, I guess, I guess you could say component that separates the people that actually receive their black belt has very little to do with skill and more to do with the people that just showed up. They just literally put on their shoe, their gi, a traditional, I guess, um, um, uniform for martial arts or their, um, or their gym strip, put on their gym shoes and got in there and did it. That's it. 90% of the stuff that you're looking to accomplish outside of certain parameters could very well happen if you just actually show up and do the thing. I found it amazing when I was at the gym how many people would look the same year after year and I'll admit that that happened to me a couple of years there where they would just come in and they, they wouldn't get much much change or you know or much much uh, much improvement to their physique and then there were the people that just showed up. Literally, I had people that just just would be there every day. They'd be running on the treadmill. They were eating better. They were getting more sleep. And you would think to yourself, oh, well, they, they don't have good genetics or they don't blah, 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 or whatever else. They don't look like they could, you know, lift anything. But they were making really good gains and they were they were looking wonderful. And what happened over time is they were just there. They just showed up. 
you know, it was cold outside, and they were just there. I recall a older gentleman, as I kind of wrap this thing up here, who was, uh, I used to call him the, the red-bearded baron, but he had had, had a lot of uh, cardiovascular issues, and his doctor had prescribed him, hey, you know what, I think it's time you, you start working out. He was never a gym person, was, wasn't very active at all. He, w- he had a sedentary job, and as soon as he would go home, he and his wife would either be drinking or eating until they needed to go to bed. And he would repeat that over and over. And after over time, it just got to him. And his heart, his heart, his health, his liver, all that stuff wasn't looking good. And I, I remember signing him up in 2018. That man showed up to the gym every day, literally. He was on the treadmill for an hour and a half. It's almost two hours. Then he would hit the weights. Then he would go home, come back the next day. The man did not miss a day. It was like a religion to him. He, he said he had found a new lease on life. And I remember thinking to myself, here's a gentleman who, you know, wasn't really brought up in the gym bro culture and all that kind of stuff, but he recognized the value of trying to take care of yourself realizing no one's going to do it for you you got to do it yourself and here he was he was he went out he was getting after it now i don't know what happened to him as of right now because i haven't worked at that gym in almost three years but all that to say is that some of the things i saw were really really interesting within the gym industry and how a lot of our habits could really kind of put a put a I don't want to say a target but how our our habits I guess could really determine where we ended up whether we looked the same year after year felt the same or actually made improvements to our health you know so so yeah hopefully this is something that could help you into the new year I know it's been helping me because after a while you have to cut out all the excuses and I think that's where I'll kind of leave it it's it's outside of health issues like you physically can't uh, move or you are you know incapacitated by disease or you know something really severe for the most part if all of the other stuff lines up most of the time we're not hitting our fitness goals because of lack of planning lack of realizing how much work it's going to take and then just showing up and it's it's that showing up after you plan and and have everything else in place that is the hardest part to do is from what i saw because we'd get people getting coming in there hot and heavy ready to go full of piss and vinegar you know ready to tear the door down off the place and then usually that dissipates And so I think one of the last things I wanted to leave, actually, which is something I just remembered uh, from my notes here, is that motivation is a lie. I wanted to touch on that because there will be plenty of times you don't feel like doing it. You know, the old adage, you know, you've got to get all fired up to do it. Sometimes the best you can do is get your butt off of the chair and just walk into the gym, whether you feel like it or not get your jug of four liter jug of water that you're drinking and you're just chugging it back regardless of how you feel 
you know, you're, you're eating better, you're hitting, you're going to the doctor, you're getting your blood work, you're all these things, whether you, whether you want to or not. Sometimes you even have to um, not care what you think, much less what other people think. The battle in between the ears, I was told, is the biggest one you're going to fight. That you're going to go there and you're going to go into the gym. And, and I remember talking to a lot of young ladies who were intimidated by, by the girls that they'd see in the really tight um, Lululemon stuff. And they'd feel like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't have the right body type to be here. And I remember just laughing, telling them, man, F them bitches. <laughs> Part of my language, you know? You get in there and you do your thing, mama, you know, you know, kind of thing. And, and not to be afraid of, oh my gosh, this person's ripped. Right, Zoe? Daddy. Yep. Not to care what they have to think or say. Oh, hold on a second. Sorry, where was I? I had to take a quick break to uh, grab the kid, grab the kiddo there. But as I was saying... Just showing up is the toughest part. But if you do that, you're going to be okay. Don't worry about the stuff that you're missing or things that you're not able to be a part of because you're doing it for your health. And for a lot of us, you got to realize nobody is carrying the weight for you. Nobody's going to be listening to the doctor tell them, hey, if you don't lose this weight... You can develop diabetes or all sorts of health complications because you, you know, you didn't have the, the wherewithal to just take care of yourself. And it, it's tough. It, it can be difficult. I, I recognize that. And I, I, don't, I don't ever want to make light of the battle that people have with weight and taking care of their health. But the reality of it is... At the end of the day, it's you that's got to do it. It's no, no one else is going to lift the weights for you. No one else is going to sweat and do that stuff that you need to do to take care of yourself. So, like I was saying, hopefully this adds some value to your day. Going to help you out a little bit. Give you some tidbits to fight the good fight. But like I said before, we've got a lot of episodes out there in the uh, floating out in the ether in the universe so check us out but like i said until next time i want you to stay fit and have fun peace